Greetings, Focus on Healthy Families community. Welcome to Episode 2 of Focus on Healthy Families and Focus on Healing Kids and Adults. I am your host, Tammy Malloy, founder of Focus on Healthy Families. The heart of Focus on Healthy Families is to encourage and support busy families in the area of nutrition and wellness. The heart of Focus on Healing Kids and Adults is to encourage the use of nutrition and wellness as a tool in healing of mental and autoimmune disorders. On today's podcast, just what is pandas anyway? On last week's episode, I shared the story of my daughter's journey with pandas. However, what exactly is pandas, and how do I know if my child has it instead of ADHD or ODD or Tourette's? What are the symptoms? How is one tested for pandas? And what are the treatments? When I first learned about pandas, I had lots of questions such as these and others. Disclaimer, I am a parent of one diagnosed and one suspected pandas child, not a medical professional. Today's podcast is comprised of information I have learned over the course of two years, experience with my own children, and research that I've done with the scant amount of information on the internet. It's far from complete, and as I am only human, there might be mistakes. Constructive correction is appreciated if you hear me say anything wrong. PANDAS stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychological Disorder Associated with Strep. Its cousin, PANS, Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychological Syndrome, has triggers other than strep. Mycoplasma, Lyme disease, mold, the list can go on. It may also be referred to as AE, or autoimmune encephalitis. Anyone with children who suffer from one of these diseases can tell you it is a nightmare to deal with. Not only that, but oftentimes it coexists with other diseases, such as Lyme, Bartonella, Epstein-Barr virus, and Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which is a condition that allows for the hyperextension of joints. For the rest of this podcast, I will just refer to this syndrome as PANS. Just understand that PANDAS starts with streptococcal infection, either as strep in the throat, gut, or perianal region. PANS can start by one of multiple triggers. There is more information out there on PANS than I can cover in one 15-minute podcast. There are also more things than even I understand. I'm a parent of two PANS children. I'm not a doctor and not a specialist. I've only been with the PANS community for two years, so there are many parents who are much more educated on it than I am. So hopefully I won't make any mistakes on what I'm about to share. Plus, every child is different, so what happened to one isn't necessarily what happened to another, just like what one treatment worked for one child is not what worked for another. The best place to truly start is from the top, and the best way to eat this elephant known as pans is one bite at a time. I'm going to start with symptoms. According to the pandasnetwork.org website, pans is a clinical diagnosis. Dr. Suido is the leading pans researcher, first discovering the connection between strep and sudden onset behavior change and authoring the first paper 
on pandas in 1998. The following is the working criteria as listed on Dr. Sweeto's paper on pans. 1. Abrupt dramatic onset of obsessive compulsive disorder or severely restricted food intake. 2. Concurrent presence of additional neuropsychiatric symptoms with similarly severe and acute onset from at least two of the following seven categories. Anxiety, emotional liability and or depression, irritability, aggression and or severely oppositional behaviors, behavioral slash developmental regression, deterioration in school performance, sensory or motor abnormalities, somatic signs and symptoms including sleep disturbances, urinesis or urinary frequency. 3. Symptoms are not better explained by a known neurological or medical disorder such as Sydenham's chorea, systemic lupus, erythematosus, Tourette disorder or others. AE, autoimmune encephalitis, occurs when the body's immune system mistakenly attacks healthy brain cells, leading to inflammation of the brain. Symptoms may include impaired memory and cognition, abnormal movements, seizures, and or problems with balance, speech, or vision. Psychiatric symptoms can include aggression, inappropriate or compulsive behaviors, aggression, or fear. Symptoms may fluctuate, but often progress progress over days to a few weeks. AE is not to be confused with typical encephalitis as contracted bacterially or virally. Unlike AE, typical encephalitis deteriorates the brain very quickly and is easily detected by an MRI. Besides ODD, obsessive thinking, and or eating issues, there may be other symptoms. There may be emotional lability, depression, anxiety, school refusal, developmental regression, ADHD, sensory processing issues, tics, both motor and verbal, frequent urination, loss of math and handwriting skills, poor short-term memory, loss of focus, time management issues, poor organizational skills, and perfectionism. It is very important to note that a child does not need to register every symptom in order to be diagnosed. Testing for PANDAS As was mentioned previously, PANS is a clinical diagnosis. There is no test, blood or otherwise, that is a clear-cut marker for PANS. That being said, however, the most common test ordered for PANS, PANDAS excuse me, is the Cunningham panel, which tests for elevated strep antibodies. Other tests may be ordered as well, and it is advisable to obtain a wide-spectrum test that also looks for co-infections as well, so that the whole body may be treated. A complete medical history may be able to confirm such things as the sudden onset of symptoms, the severity of symptoms, and possibly even a trigger to the symptoms. For my two pants daughters, onset can be traced back to when my oldest was five and in kindergarten. The second oldest was four and in preschool. It has been 10 years since with misidentification and mislabeling for my oldest. ASO and anti-DNase filters, titer, excuse me, may be also ordered. 
anti-DNAs can be analyzed for elevated levels of the proteins created by group A streptococcus as an indication of previous strep infections. ASO or anti-streptolysin O tests for antibodies produced by the body to fight strep infection. There are also other types of blood tests that test for co-infections like Lyme and EBV. Typically, though, specialists compare current symptoms with the past diagnosis of strep for a pandas diagnosis. Other triggers may be more complicated to pinpoint, such as mold or mycoplasma. By definition, mycoplasma is a bacterial organism that lacks a cell wall around their membranes, making them naturally resistant to any antibiotics that target cell wall synthesis, such as penicillin. There is a current 28-day culture test for mycoplasma, and in 2007, Europe approved a nucleic acid test as a real-time indicator. Treatment. There are several types of treatment for PANS. Probably the most common is the Stanford treatment guidelines, which include long-term antibiotics. While we were extremely lucky that this helped our daughter, in many cases, it is not enough. Also, the use of long-term antibiotics do not come without risk, which leave many general pediatricians hesitant to try it out. Antibiotics wipe out all bacteria, including good bacteria in the gut. It also leads to antibiotic resistance. However, for these children, it takes longer than the standard 10-day routine of amoxicillin to see long-term change. I've known children who have been on antibiotics for two years consistently. My oldest so far has been on a 21-day rotation of ceflexin and augmentin with a kickstart of ceftonir. This is why it is important to include a high-quality probiotic as well, preferably something without strep strains. Alternative options include using naturally occurring herbal supplements that act as antibiotics. Some examples of these would be oil of oregano, berberine, and golden seal. I like these as well because they are also antifungal. Often, with the lack of good bacteria in the gut, there is a yeast overgrowth. You may see an increase in cravings for sugar and white flour products. The body breaks white flour down into sugar, yeast feeds on sugar, etc. This yeast is called candida. Candida also affects brain chemistry. According to yeastinfection.org, it was back in the 1980s that Dr. William Crook, the noted authority on yeast overgrowth, strongly suggested that dysbiosis, or the disharmony of gut microflora and possible candida overgrowth, underpinned many behavioral problems in children. His hypothesis is now being proven by an increasing number of studies. We currently call this leaky gut syndrome. As one can tell, treating PANS becomes a delicate balancing act to bring the gut back into harmony in order to have a positive influence on brain chemistry. It is all connected. In fact, this is where science gets complicated, involving the brain-blood barrier. Leaky gut may be one of the underlying causes in illnesses involving disruption in the blood-brain barrier. These conditions can present with neurological symptoms, cognitive distortion, mood disruption, and even myelination disorders, according to the Natural News blog. 
This barrier is supposed to allow nutrients, oxygen, and glucose through, but keep toxins and pathogens that might be circulating in the bloodstream out. However, according to many studies, a compromised microbiome leads to a loose BBB, letting in more to the brain than it should, leading to brain inflammation. A healthy microbiome tightens it up, allowing it to work properly. This is where a raw plant-based diet comes to our rescue. The natural enzymes in a wide variety of raw fruits and vegetables also help to correct gut imbalances, while berries help to combat inflammation. Along with a gluten-free, dairy-free diet, and for some families, the need to eliminate other triggers, such as corn. For more information on this subject, I will reference a woman much smarter than myself, Dr. Mitra Ray. She does an hour-long talk on this very topic. You'll be able to find that video at my website, bit.ly slash focus on healthy families. This leads us back to a problem for many of our PANS kids, one of the primary symptoms of this disease for many, food refusal. Just how do we get our kids to eat 9 to 12 servings of fruits and vegetables, preferably raw, when all they'll eat is processed chicken nuggets? And let's be honest, food refusal is so real for some that a feeding tube must be inserted just to provide the nutrients these kids need to survive. I'll tell you a secret that helps our family. We have discovered a whole food product consisting of a wide variety of raw fruit, vegetable, and berries that have been cold dehydrated and placed in a vegan capsule. These are also free of folic acid due to the discovery of naturally occurring folate within lemon peels. They have worked wonders for us as part of our well-rounded treatment program. The capsules easily open as well, so even if your child is on a feeding tube, you can add the powder to their food. If you would like more information on that, let me know in the comments section or again visit our website bit.ly slash focus on healthy families. If your child is lucky, antibiotics may be all they need. However, sometimes it's just not enough. In those cases, you need a much more intensive treatment. Intravenous immunoglobulin, or IVIG, uses an injected mixture of human antibodies to help immune-compromised patients, those who cannot create enough antibodies on their own, have enough antibodies to fight off infection. Immunoglobulin is separated from the blood and screened of screened blood donors, then purified for use. It is then infused into your blood. Repeat treatments are generally needed every three to four weeks as your blood breaks down the immunoglobin. According to autoimmuneencephalitis.org, immunotherapy treatment is a combination of treatments that include first-line therapies, steroids, IVIG, plasma exchange or plasmapheresis, and second-line therapies, rituximab or rituxin, and cyclophosphamide cytoxin, followed by, in many cases, a steroid-sparing agent such as Celsept or azathioprine in the long term. I have heard of each of these treatments being applied in severe cases of PANS. Most recently, I have even heard of patients seeing excellent results in experimental stem cell treatments, which, by the way, are not covered by insurance generally and are very costly. 
I have thrown a lot of information at you today, and yet we have barely scratched the surface. Many parents have educated themselves so well on the topic of hands that they could almost be doctors themselves. Those parents amaze me. A Facebook friend of mine, Jessica Gavin, herself a face, uh, excuse me, herself a pans mom, has pushed for research in this field, raised money to support that research, and has started a medical registry of pans patients and their non-pans siblings to answer the question of why some children develop this horrid disease and others do not. To learn more about her organization and even donate to the cause, visit PriKids, P-R-A-I Kids. I encourage you, if you have seen behavior changes, especially abrupt ones in your child, the child that you formerly knew as fun-loving, independent, and always having a smile, has suddenly become withdrawn, irritable, unfocused, or fixated on a single thought, or having intrusive thoughts, suddenly unable or fearful of eating, please seek out a specialist. A listing of providers can be found on the pandasnetwork.org webpage. Many specialists are willing to start with a Skype call until they can see you in office. From personal experience, the sooner the better, as symptoms only progressively worsen. My own children developed such overwhelming anxiety and depression that they were driven to self-harm and suicidal thoughts. Others have lost their lives to suicide as a direct result of this potentially fatal disease. My desire is this, that more parents are educated about this disease, more doctors are willing to accept the facts of this controversial illness, and more insurance companies are willing to cover the expense of diagnosis and treatment so that fewer babies are lost. Thanks for listening in. Next week on Focus on Healthy Families, Small Steps for Healthier Families. I hope you'll join us.